Blame it all on my roots. I showed up in boots and ruined your black tie affair. I was the last one to know. I was the last one to show. I was the last one you thought I'd see there. And I saw a surprise and the fear in his eyes when I took his glass. And I toasted you, said, honey, we may be through, but you'll never hear me complain, cause... <laughs> now, when Garth does that, there's a different response. Good morning, friends. You, it is a pleasure and an honor to get to be with you this morning and help, help everybody wake up from uh, the turkey coma that you've probably been in for the last couple of days. It is great to be with you this morning. For those we haven't met, my name is John Weaver. I am the campus minister and the director of the Wesley of Middle Tennessee. We are a campus ministry of the United Methodist Church. We are an extension of this church. Um, we are there serving college students at MTSU. Actually, in this last year, we've actually served college students on seven different campuses, both in person and online through different programs and ministries we have. We, in the last year, have served students as far away from Alaska all the way to Scotland. And it is a joy to get to be with you today. And it's a joy because of the great opportunity it is to do campus ministry. We are offering Christ and Christian community students for the very first time for many of them. And it is a, just a joy to get to be with you today. It's also a joy because not only are we friends because of that ministry and because of the partnership that we have with the good people of fellowship, but also you're my church family. Um, I'm often preaching in other places and doing stuff, but on all the Sundays that I have that I'm not doing that, I'm here with my wife and my boys. And so you are our family and it is a joy to get to be with you today. This morning we... We begin, uh, we begin a season of Advent. Uh, I think this week kind of begins, we have like a month, month and a half of here, of a lot of gatherings and family and life. And I know I've already heard from several people this morning that they had really great Thanksgivings and a couple people their Thanksgivings weren't what they expected and there's a lot of things. But this morning as we begin this season of Advent, I want to begin with a conversation. As many of you know, in campus ministry, we get to do things a little bit differently and so one of the things that we love to do at Wesley is make sure that folks who are here are participating. You're not coming to consume worship. You're coming to take part and to create worship together. So I have a couple of questions I want to ask you, and you're going to turn to a neighbor and have this conversation. If you don't have a neighbor, you can make a neighbor. We can do that here. All right? You can move from your assigned seat. Um, so... Uh, if you don't have a neighbor, make a neighbor. But I've got two things that I want you to take a couple of minutes and talk about. If you're joining us online, please feel free to type in your answers and uh, let us know that you're there. Let us know that uh, what your responses are. Here are the two questions. One, what is a memorable moment from a family gathering? What is a memorable moment from a family gathering that you've ever had in your lifetime? And the second one is, what are you not looking forward to this month? What are you not looking forward to this month? And those questions may be connected, I don't know. But what is a memorable moment from a family gathering and what are you not looking forward to this month? All right, so turn to your neighbor 
Make a neighbor and go. I hope everybody got a chance to share at least a little bit. Um, if you didn't, if everybody didn't get a chance to, are y'all? Okay, okay. They told me I'm gonna give you 30 more seconds right there. 30 seconds. So they were sharing so much. They're just like, John, be quiet. We're doing something over here. <clears throat> I like it. I like it. They're working on it. So I, I appreciate I appreciate the great conversation. If and if not all of your neighbors got to share, make sure to be a good neighbor and finish that conversation after the service. Um, I'm going to tell you um, that my family um, is what's the word? Crazy. And. Um, and I know this is going to be hard to really believe, and you're going to think I'm pulling your leg, but I am not, I repeat, I am not the loudest and biggest character in my family. I'm not even close. I've got cousins and aunts and uncles that whenever we gather together, I'm usually the quiet one over in the corner, um, just trying to stay out of the mayhem that's happening. There are so many great memorable moments from my family gatherings because we still all gather together, like 43 of us still gather together in my grandmother's house who's still alive. She's 90 years old and we still gather at her house and there's some great memorable moments, one of which includes um, one particular Thanksgiving. We had um, my cousin who is a deputy who had a canine dog at the time that he needed to practice the dog that day and so he actually put drugs on people's cars in my grandmother's house. 
In Thanksgiving, we watched this canine dog discover drugs on people's cars. It was great. Uh, but the most memorable, probably the most memorable, is that there was a Christmas Eve where we gathered together. There was a Christmas Eve where there was pretty close to a literal fist fight about the words to the lyrics of Friends in Low Places. My Aunt Charlotte, who I love dearly, was ready to punch some people because she believed that the lyrics were not, yeah, I'm not big on social graces. She thought it was, yeah, I'm not big on sausage and gravy. <laughs> and instead of think I'll slip on down to the oasis, she said the name of the bar in the song is the Old Aces. And she was ready to hit somebody when we try to change that. I'll tell you, there's things in this month, I, there's just, there's some things in this month I'm not looking forward to. There are some things that I am. I am really, I'm really excited about those sweet moments, those little tastes of heaven, the glimpses of glory that are known as Little Debbie Christmas tree cakes. <laughs> we had our first one the day after Thanksgiving. We cheered them, we celebrated them, and we know that heaven is real, okay? Here you go, Will. There you go. But as much as I look forward to Christmas and Christmas tree cakes and celebrations and Christmas Eve services and all these things, I got to be honest with you, I, in the next month, I don't look forward to some of the same old stresses, the same old pressures and frustrations and expectations. I don't look forward to the, the mismanagement of money and time and energy. I don't look forward to all of these things when what I really want, what I really need, is I need new life brought to me in this season. And that's the season we're in. There are four Sundays leading up to Christmas that these Sundays are called a season of Advent. It means coming. And that we recognize that Advent to us equals New light, anticipation, and awakening. That's what Advent's supposed to be. Advent is the waiting room in a hospital as you're waiting for the child to be born. Advent is the, the tailgate before a big game. Advent is the smell of freshly baking cookies. And Advent is this new day and new light for us as the people of Jesus Christ. Because it, as Will reminded us in the reading from the Advent wreath, it's not that Jesus just came, not that Jesus is coming, not that Jesus will, but Jesus will come. What are the ways that you need Christ to show up? This season of anticipation is preparing our hearts to once again receive our King. It's preparing our hearts and the soul for, for fruitfulness. Advent is honestly not for the glory of God, but it's for us to see the glory of God all around us. This year through the Advent season, uh, our church is gonna be exploring the roots, the family story of Jesus. We're in for, I think, a fascinating journey. It's, it's based on what has been called the Jesse tree, a historic way of reflecting on Advent and Christmas by recalling the people, places, and story that are a part of Jesus' own 
deep family legacy. It's us being able to cultivate awareness of how Jesus came so that we can cultivate our awareness of how Jesus is showing up now. There's a lot of challenge in what I'm going to offer you today, but one of the things I offer you in this season leading up to Christmas is find yourself in Matthew chapter 1. It's the genealogy of Jesus. And I know when I read it, I just read a bunch of names and stuff, but take time. Pull those names out. Use your Bible. Use the internet. Find the connections of understanding all of these people's story as we on Sunday mornings and on Wednesdays, as we understand the roots of Jesus's family. And the place that we begin today is in the, the book of Isaiah that we're going to read the more extended part of what Will read. And the, the roots of Jesus's family and life and coming are, are talked about here. It's in Isaiah chapter 11. And if you'll join me as we look at the word of God together. A shoot shall come out of the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide but what his ears hear. But with righteousness, he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips. He shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness, the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the lion and the fatling together, and the little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the water covers the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to all the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. We give thanks for the word of God. Will you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, may you make these words from of old be new words written upon our hearts. May we come to anticipate the incredible ways that you will show up. And may you move us to grow in this beautiful and wonderful season. We pray this in the holy name of Christ our Lord and all God's people said, amen. So as, as always was a reminder, uh, Ben Witherington III, a professor at Asbury, always says that a text without context is just pretext for you saying whatever you want it to say. With that being said, I, I want to offer the context of what we just read and I'm from Isaiah. Isaiah was an 8th century prophet, and these words were actually written 
when he was in captivity by the Babylonians, that there had been all kinds of issues and struggles with the kingdoms, and they had fallen both towards and away from God in multiple seasons. But here in the middle of captivity, here in the middle of an exile, these, this word of God is placed upon Isaiah, which is a hope beyond hope. In the midst of having an injured line of their dynasty and their kingdom, there is this message that something new, new life would come. And that it would take root and take hold and offer fruitfulness for generations, so much so that there would be a peaceable kingdom. A peaceable kingdom that we are still coming to know. This piece of scripture offers the legacy, the line, the launching point for the family of Jesus Christ and for ours. The reminder here for us is that many of us are part of more than one type of family. We are part of the family of God. We're part of our biological families. We're part of the families of friends that we create. We have family, some of us have family at work. Some of us have families online. Some of us have families in different places but the family of God begins with this holy word. All of our families, including the family of God, are messy often. They're dysfunctional. They're troubling. But they're also fertile ground for new life to spring forth. Jesus' own lineage is full of just messy, troubled, and difficult people. And it's from that that God brings forth new life. I love how this piece of scripture talks about that the, the tree of Jesse, this mighty branch that will be visible and fruitful for generations, it begins as a tiny shoot, just a little shoot coming out of a stump. And that that shoot will lead us to the kingdom of God. I think about those little shoots that you see pop up, how, how fragile and how powerful they become. What's this season going to be for you? What little shoot can grow in your soul this season? In what ways can Christ take a deeper root? Because I think for me, this is an opportunity in this season to not do business as usual. This is an opportunity for us to see and an opportunity to explore and cultivate the roots of Jesus Christ in our own lives. Because cultivating and exploring roots move us from surviving to thriving. I'm tired of just trying to survive right now. I'm tired of feeling like I've got to survive the holidays. I want to thrive. I think exploring and cultivating roots also move us from just getting through the next month to growing through the next month. I, I know that for me, as we understand the family of Jesus Christ and as we understand how that family connects to all of our families, we have an opportunity to grow in this season. But, I have found that I and some of you are incredibly headstrong and difficult people. <laughs> some of you laugh a little too hard at that. Just don't point fingers, you know what I'm saying? 
And some of us may be very determined to make this season of Advent, this season leading up to Christmas, some of us may be determined to make this as stressful and anxious and frustrating and as possible. We are maybe determined to not grow. So we're going to use this as a time just to survive or to get through. So for those of you who want to make sure that you really don't grow this season, I have a quick list for you. This, this list is what I have cultivated this week to make sure that you don't grow in the season of Advent. Number one, see gatherings as obligations, not as a gift. You don't want to grow in this season? See all the gatherings of family, of church, of choirs, of all the opportunities. See them as an obligation, not as a gift. That'll help you make sure you don't grow. If you want to make sure that you don't grow in this season, focus on lists, not lives. Focus on the list of the things you've got to do, the things you've got to cook, the things you've got to buy, and forget that there are lives attached to that list. That'll help you make sure you don't grow. If you don't want to grow in this season, make sure to heighten your expectations on yourself. Heighten them. Make them as high and difficult of the expectations on you and on your family that you can. If you don't want to grow this season, I can help you. It's easy. Be busy and don't stop. Be busy. Keep yourself moving from one thing to the next. Don't stop. Don't breathe. Don't reflect. Don't Sabbath. Don't rest. Don't take an opportunity to notice that God's at work. If, if you can do that, you won't grow a bit. I would also tell you that if you don't want to grow this season, don't reach out. Be lonely. Be lonely. This season is full of people trying to love and connect on you. Stay away from them. Because they're going to make you grow. I would also tell you that if you don't want to grow, treat Christmas like your birthday. Like it's your birthday. That'll help you. I would also tell you that in order to not grow in this season, it's easy. Repeat the astounding annoy. There are going to be things that are going to annoy you in this season. It's great to just repeat those annoyances over and over and over again. Really cling to them so that you make sure that you don't have to grow at all. If you don't want to grow this season, make sure to compare yourself and your holidays to other people, especially online, especially on Facebook and Instagram. It's a great place to compare yourself and to keep you from growing. If you don't if you don't want to, if you want to make sure that you're not growing this season, dwell on the way that things aren't. If you don't want to grow this season, ignore your grief. Because the season of Christmas comes with grief and lament. It's easy just to shove it down and ignore it. Because you don't want to grow and to see the resurrection and the celebration of Jesus Christ. So just push it aside. Don't worry about it. You don't want you and your family to grow, then just don't tell the story. Don't tell the story. Don't tell the story or make your kids ask questions. Why do we light Advent wreaths? Why do we put up trees? Why do we gather? Why do we do these things? Make sure that nobody grows by don't telling that story. Lastly, 
If you want to make sure that you don't grow in this season, that you can be frustrated and tired and anxious and unrooted, if you want to be all those things, make sure that you gather in the name of Jesus while ignoring the ways of Jesus. How many of our gatherings, we gather in the name of Jesus Christ, but we're ignoring the ways of Jesus Christ? Jesus' is love, mercy, Jesus' is work, Jesus' is heart. One of the greatest ways to make sure you don't grow is to gather in the name of Jesus but ignore what Jesus actually said and did. What do you need to grow? What is this season an opportunity for you to have new roots take hold in your soul? It doesn't have to be the same as it always has been. It could be something different. There's a common occurrence when, I close with this, a common occurrence in, 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 the, in the John Weaver truck, which is that when, when Huck, my younger son, gets into the truck, he always immediately says, hey, where are we going? And I usually try to tell him, we've gotta go here, and we've gotta go there, and we've gotta go there, and we've gotta go there. And I, I list out so he knows what errands were, where we're headed and what's gotta happen. I list it all out so he has an understanding. And he always listens to it, and I already know we have to go to these places, but Huck is the season of Advent wrapped up in a little eight-year-old body because he says, Dad, that all sounds great, or we could go somewhere else. My, my question is, I know that today, as we face this next month, you know the places we feel like we have to go, or we could grow somewhere else. My prayer is that the new life will take root in us this season because we are the fertile family of God. Will you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, I thank you for this day. And I thank you for the many ways that you are at work now and over this next month. I pray, oh God, that you bless us as we explore and cultivate the deep roots of the family of Jesus Christ and that that root takes hold in our families, the family of God, the family of fellowship, and each of our families here today. I pray, oh Lord, that we do not have to accept the frustrating, the anxious, and the ungrowing ways that this season often puts upon us. I pray, oh God, that we may grow with you and we may grow together. I pray this in the holy and beautiful name of Christ our Lord. And all God's people said, amen.